to the week. Did y'all have a good weekend? I sure did. We went down to uh, Legoland Discovery Center in Atlanta. Not like I wouldn't fly there from Germany, but for a kid's birthday, if you're only a couple hours away, definitely worth checking out. Kind of wish we like got the Braves game in when we were out there too uh, at the birthday party because the Discovery Center is cool, but it's like we only need like two hours to get through it. But still a good time. You know what else I caught over the weekend? There's a new shipping movie on Netflix called Nowhere. Here's the trailer for it. The plot says a young pregnant woman named Mia escapes from a country at war by hiding in a maritime container aboard a cargo ship. After a violent storm, Mia gives birth to a child while lost at sea where she must fight to survive. Haven of Horror says of this new Netflix film, we're in a dystopian version of Spain where there's a scarcity of food and energy, so people are being removed if they have no real value. That means old people, children, pregnant women, somehow reads in this movie. <laughs> they say a truly brutal survivor story that reminded me of Castaway if Tom Hanks had been trapped in a freight container with an infant. Yeah, it's a crazy situation, but my, Mia fights in ways that remind me of Matt Damon and the Martian. The New York Times calls it generic survivalist sensationalism, though. Uh, nowhere on Rotten Tomatoes got a 57% on the tomato meter. It's got a 66% on the audience score. A lot of you out there said there were some plot holes with, uh, like, this, she using the cell phone out at sea. You think we could get, like, a positive movie on shipping for once? Before this, we had, like, the Lot Lizard movie, right? About the, uh, the slasher movie in the truck parking lot. Chris Joyce says this is a nail-biting and claustrophobic drama that uses the minimalism of its setting to deliver a massive amount of unease. I don't know. What do you guys think? Streaming on Netflix right now. Catch it. I don't know if it's also in English. If you heard it was in like Spanish, I think there's subtitles too. But if you go over on Netflix, you can check it out. By the way, it is October 2nd. We are now in the spooky season. Very What the Truck Halloween will end this month for us. But let's talk about Spirit Halloween really quickly. Just a little bit of logistics on this show, this meme up here. Chung Fan recently broke down Spirit Halloween's model. He writes that the retailer's monster seasonal build is built on an impressive real estate operation that runs over 14,500 locations, and they pull in over $650 million a year. And if you think about it, they only operate August through October. Per the U.S. National Retail Federation, U.S. consumers are projected to spend $12.2 billion on Halloween in 2023. That breaks down to about $4.1 billion on costumes, $3.6 billion on candy, $3.4 billion on decorations, and $500 million on greeting cards alone. That's about $108 per consumer. According to Vox, their team, they already get started on finding locations on November 1st. They're already on this the day after Halloween. Um, the communities have to have at least 35,000 people living within a 3.5-mile radius of the store with a car count of at least 25,000 cars per day. That's how they're thinking about all this stuff. But uh, what's the key to it all? According to their CEO, it's in 
inventory management. He says you have to be able to carry over a significant amount of inventory year to year. In traditional retail, you might not be repurposing anything. For us, consistent themes remain, and we're repurposing 30 to 40% of our stock. We're not just going to get rid of it. How much are you spending on Halloween this year? What are you going as? I already got my costume. I'm going as this new double broker set they got there. Comes with the Adidas tracksuit, six milligrams of Zin, and a please advise hat. Little market before we get into business with our guests here, too. Here's a scary chart for you. This is the spread between contract and spot rates. It's currently at 74 cents. If you're eating off the load board, you can see how long you've been starving for just by looking at that chart. And many, they came into this business when this was flipped. They came in this was the, when this was green. They came in when the money was in spot. That's how they learned to run their truck. That's when they got their authority. And now they have to learn a whole new method of trying to find a consistent basis of contracted carriers or they're simply going out of business. Helvin Hagen always gives a little advice on here. He said, hey, fuel's up too, rookie. So if you're paying for fuel, make sure you're, you're minding your speed, you're staying on. Uh, look at his, look at his miles per gallon. It's fantastic. That'll cut into your margin. Adam Wingfield. I'll remind you every day that only about 10% of freight's in the spot market. So you're taking a 74 cent haircut by sticking in there, especially in this market. I know that's easier said than done to transition to those relationships, but it's where you want to be or else you're starving right now. It's going to be a bloody Christmas, buddy. One other piece of news here. Estes apparently got hacked. Estes says we are, I don't know if they got hacked, but they said we are currently experiencing an outage in our core IT infrastructure and it is impacting a number of our systems. We're working as fast as we can to resolve these issues and we'll keep you informed as to our progress. Please reach out to your account manager, preferably by text, with any questions or concerns, including pickup for today. So if you're dealing with Estes, a lot of fire to start your Monday off. I feel bad for all of you saying a prayer. Anyways, on today's What the Truck, I'm talking to Andy Shiles and Lalo Solares at Simply Trade Podcast about what would have happened in the event of a government shutdown. We'll find out all about their podcast, what we have to be mindful of moving forward, what other risks are out there. We'll talk a little bit about sourcing, too, out of Mexico and China. We got Trucker, Heavy Out Trucker, the man who owns cash, Ryan Loiva. He is uh, raising funds for dogs with veterans. He's got these new air fresheners. We'll find out all about him, why he's doing it, how cash became a sensation on X and all that kind of stuff. We got J.J. Keller's Tom Bray. He's going to break down everything we need to know about FMCSA's Crash Preventability Determination Program. Recording artist Frank Fletcher is going to debut his track, Cold, Dark, and Lonely. Finn Park's Britton Weston's here to talk about truck parking problem, and he's going to bring his guitar and a whole lot more. So let's tip the band and we'll get to Ryan. Looking for a new adventure? Take the next step on your career journey with AIT Worldwide Logistics. When you join their growing team, you'll collaborate with expert colleagues around the world to create innovative solutions backed by world-class customer service. If you're ready to push the supply chain envelope, your next adventure is waiting. Visit the career section at AITWorldwide.com to learn more and apply today. Join the team. All right, it's Ryan now. He's a CDI lease uh, operator, owner of Stack Deck Trucking, LTD. Ryan, first of all, how did everything go okay today at the doctor? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Just taking care of some uh, personal stuff. All good. Great to see you. Hey, where are you coming in from? I'm in Red Deer, Alberta, loading out of here uh, in a couple of days. So I figured I would get some uh, personal stuff taken care of and then I can, uh, you know, relax, get some R&R while I'm still kind of on the road. Hey, where are you running on the road with that cute little puppy of yours? Are you mostly in Canada? Are you coming down to the lower 48 over here? No, majority of what I do is cross-border stuff. So I spend a day or two in Canada, and then I head down deep into Texas, Oklahoma, Midwest-type stuff. But, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm in the States probably 80% of my time. Well, good thing there wasn't a government shutdown. That could have caused some hell for uh, cross-border shipments that might not have been yeah. 
Fun. Well, you are going out. You're you're helping veterans with a brand new air freshener. It's a very interesting take on this whole thing. Tell us all about it. How did this start? What's it all about? Well, it's kind of one of those things that just sort of happened. I've talked to a few people online about, you know, calendars or doing things with cash. Uh, long, the long story of cash is, you know, I was lonely in the truck. I've always thought about getting a dog with me. I ended up with a puppy and you know, everybody kind of took to him through Twitter and which is now X. So uh, one of these evenings in a truck stop, I was talking with another truck driver. He had a young puppy and uh, bang, three days later, I ordered a bunch of these, made them into air fresheners, cash and packs, had a blast playing that night. And Pax is a service dog for a 25 year military veteran in Canada here. So that's kind of when I got the idea of Let's turn this into a fundraiser, make a few few extra dollars for, you know, service animals for veterans on both sides of the border. Well, I think that sounds really awesome. A great and noble cause. Uh, tell us a little about the air fresheners. How much goes to supporting people? How do you order them? How many have you sold so far? Uh, well, 100% of the proceeds are going to go because, you know, it's my donation to buy them up front. So whatever I sell or however many I sell. All the proceeds are going to go directly to the veterans. Uh, I've got about 500 of them, about 400 left. So that's kind of where we're at right now. Very the easy way is, uh, you know, buying two at a time because I got two different scents with them. So what are the scents? How did you develop what they smell like? Do they, do they smell like cash? Well, it's kind of funny because it's uh, road trip is what one of the scents is called. And really, you know, that could be a big variety of good or bad smells in a vehicle. So I kind of went with that on a whim and it actually smells really good. It's kind of a mahogany kind of, you know, an outdoorsy type smell. And then uh, the other is bourbon. And I figured you can never go wrong with bourbon, whether it's, you know, on an air freshener or in your class. Wait, but it's like the DOT is going to pull me over and be like, what's that I smell in, in your truck? Exactly. They can smell it all they want on an air freshener if it's raising money for veterans. This is Cash. How long have you had Cash now? Uh, seven months now, actually. I got him when he was about two months old, and he's been riding with me ever since. He's done about 110,000 kilometers, so in the ballpark of 70,000 miles with me now. Yeah, I remember you got him like six months after I got my puppy, Randy, and they, they grow so quick. You know, they're like, they're like your children. They're, they're, he's, he's already a fully grown uh, boy. What's your number one tip for bringing a dog on the road with you that you've learned? Uh, honestly, it's, you have to have patience with them and right away from day one, you've got to tell them who's boss and teach them who's boss. You know, he, he knows the rules in the truck. He knows the rules around or is learning the rules around other vehicles and in the truck stops and, you know, where he goes and does his business. So it's just, you know, a constant it's, it is like raising kids. It's a constant battle and a constant reminder, but at the same time, you know, I look over at him across the seat from me and it's, you know our life on the road together now so well usually when you're out on the road you are bringing some heavy equipment with you load securement's got to be you know i do rate the strap work all the time i think i have a picture of one of your heavy hulls tell us the key what's the number one key to both load securement and keeping cash happy well you're busy securing these loads well treats is definitely the way to keep cash happy and uh obviously load securement is any flat deckers you know famous last words well that shouldn't go anywhere <laughs> so you make sure you walk around that truck numerous times, making sure you've done everything, you know, double check, triple check, and uh, make sure you've got 
DOT in the back of the mind, but a lot of common sense as well. Well, Ryan, I want to buy some air fresheners. I want my guests to buy some air fresheners. I want everyone listening to buy some air fresheners. Where do I send them to to go do that? The easiest thing is to find me on X through Truck and Ape. And, you know, I'm sure you'll post that. Yeah. That's the easiest way. Then I can DM with them. We've got PayPal set up for, you know, transactions. And then I've got a friend helping me out with mailing them out because obviously I'm on the road all the time. So it's almost impossible for me to do that type of administrative stuff. So I've got a friend giving me a hand with that as well. Yeah, I remember the last time I got a box of hats and I was like, yeah, I'm going to send out a bunch of hats. The next thing I knew, I had to send out 50 hats. My, and I'm like, man, the logistics of this is such a pain in the, exactly. it's such a pain in the, the ass, man. Yeah. <laughs> All right, well, know what I'll do. So in the show notes, if you're listening to this, you're watching this on YouTube, in the show notes, I'll put a link to his profile. You can go find him. Uh, you can go find Truckin' A on X. Or if you don't feel like doing that, just look up Truckin' E-H, Truckin' A on X. DM the man over here. He'll hook you up. Thank you so much for your time today. I really appreciate it. You're doing the Lord's work. Awesome. I appreciate it. Thanks for having me on. Thanks for coming by. All right. Meanwhile. Always come home. That's what it's all about. This is, what, this is why you go out on the road. This is why you sell the air fresheners. This is why you get cash, OTR. This is why you say uh, that's not going anywhere. So when you are going somewhere, you're going home to see your kid long time on the road we talk about cash growing fast we talk about randy growing fast nothing grows faster than your kids brings a tear to your eye beautiful stuff all right let's get over to tom bray he is an editorial industry consultant over at jj keller and associates tom bray what's going on you gonna get one of those air fresheners well he sounds like something i'd need so (laughs) <laughs> bourbon flavor sounds right on the money for a friday night in wisconsin so it, it sure does I, I was i was hoping he i was hoping he wouldn't do like traditional cab smell like stale cigarettes and like rotten eggs or something like that i think i think he or, went with the right choices for heavy haul flat better you know the machine oil smell would be a real familiar one as well so oh that would have been beautiful you know tom we have a more serious issue than air fresheners to talk about though we're talking about fmc crash preventability determination program what is that What's well, a program where FMCSA decides the preventability of an accident, and if they find that it's not preventable, in other words, the driver could have not avoided their involvement, it doesn't count in your crash basic score in CSA. So it's a big deal. Uh, there's one thing here, though. If, if, it, if it does get ruled not preventable, it's still in your data. It's just not used in that CSA scoring. And, and that's a big deal because that's, well, that's the system that tells them who to come audit. And if you have crash problems, that tells them to come audit you pretty quick. So this is a big deal for carriers, whether it's one truck carrier or a 17,000 truck carrier. You know, you, you need to know about this program. And one of the biggest things you need to know is what crashes are eligible. So they have certain crashes that they'll review because they're pretty cut and dried. We know this was not preventable. Things like being struck in the rear. The other driver was intoxicated. You know, things along those lines where it's clear cut. You know, and and they're looking at doing a proposal now where they're going to add some more categories to those eligible crash types. And the key to this is it's got to fit one of those crash types. You know, the the, the driver has to have taken the reasonable steps to prevent involvement. And there can't be any pre-existing out-of-service conditions. That old thing in truck driving about, well, if you should have been out of service or you didn't have hours, you shouldn't have been there. The accident wouldn't have happened. So they look at that kind of thing as well. And the other thing they look at when it comes to reviewing these crashes to make that preventability decision 
is that police accident report. So if, if you're trying to say the other driver was intoxicated, it needs to say that on the police accident report. You can't just write, I think they were intoxicated. You have to be able to point to that crash report and say, yeah, that other driver was intoxicated. That's why he hit me. So do drivers and carriers, do they know about this? Are they using this program? What, what's their participation like? Yeah, most carriers don't use it. You know, they just don't either know it's there. They're just, they're just not familiar with it. Or they just don't understand it because they've heard somebody. The famous one is they, they, they heard somebody talk about, I tried to, and they kicked it out right away. And they wouldn't make the decision. They wouldn't make the determination, even though we knew it was not preventable. Well, if it didn't fit their eligibility types, um, or if it was a situation where the driver was placed out of service or failed to post-crash drug test, they would have kicked it out right away because those are things that are going to you know, automatically get it out of there. So one of the big things is understanding what those eligibility types are and making sure you're fitting into one of those before you even you know, try to put it in there. Don't, don't get it kicked out right away. But yeah, a lot of more carriers and drivers should know about this program because it is helpful. You've indicated there's been some changes and enhancements to the program that have been uh, proposed to CPDP. Can you tell us a little bit about what those changes may be? Yeah, they're talking about, there's there's always been the debate about side swipes, you know, who left their lane, who did, who didn't, lane change accidents, however you care to think of it. Well, they're going to start reviewing those as well, but you're going to need a police accident report that clearly says you were in your lane. The other person came across and struck you. Uh, they kind of fixing a, a hole they had because if the other person blows through a traffic control device, a stoplight or stop sign and hits you, that's one they'll review and you'll probably get the determination on your in your favor. But they overlooked driveways, parking lots, things like that where there's not traffic control device, but the other person's supposed to yield. So they're going to plug that in and fix that in this proposal. Uh, they're, they're looking at uh, struck by another motorist that lost control of their vehicle, and it builds on some of the other types they have out there where it's the other person lost control and hit you. So obviously you want... Yeah, that's one where you shouldn't have any trouble getting a preventability determination. And finally, the big one, and this this is the big one, is they're going to allow you to submit uh, a request for review for determination for any crash where you have video footage that shows the accident was not preventable. So that's going to make a big difference because, you know, if a crash is in dispute, you know, what type of crash was it? They do it. We do it. What happened exactly? Well, if you can submit a video footage showing that, you know, it was an accident at an intersection with a stop and go light. That's a Wisconsin term, by the way, stop and go light. <laughs> um, with a stop and go light. And there's argument about whether the light was green or red. Well, if you have video footage showing you had the green, then the whole argument goes away. The other person did indeed come through a traffic control device to hit you. So it's not preventable as far as you're concerned. So those are the types of things where this is going to come into play in a big way. If you use, you know, dash cams and they had the, the footage supports your argument that the other person did it. So it's, it's a, that one is a big deal. Yeah, you know, speaking of Green Bay, I was watching that uh, that Chiefs-Jets game last night, and I saw Aaron Rodgers up in the booth, and I was thinking about that trade. The Chiefs got Taylor Swift. The Jets got a broken Aaron Rodgers. Does not seem fair. I'm sure I'm sure common freight haulers were listening to that game, and they can uh, relate to this. But how does this rule help your common freight uh, hauler? Well, by opening up the video footage, it's going to help remove the big obstacle to the program, which is that eligibility list. Does it fit this eligibility list? Does it fit it cleanly? Does it really match one of them? Uh, that whole thing goes out the window because now if you have video footage showing the other person did this and it's, it's not preventable, you can just put that in and away it goes. So, you know, it's 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 going to be a good thing and it's going to help lower carriers you know csa scores in that crash basics so it's something you definitely want to consider is this program in general 
and the camera tie-in, having a camera in that vehicle to make sure that if something like this does happen, you're not only exonerated in the legal community, but you can get a preventability determination in this program as well. Yeah, I was going to say, it's high time to get a dash cam, is it not? At least a front-facing dash cam for your fleet. They come into effect so much in these verdicts and also in these different type of programs. What would you say to carriers that are still have concerns about them? Well, they're, you know, we already mentioned they're, they're a great exoneration tool. You know, a lot of crashes never make it to a courtroom because your attorney is able to say, here, look at this before you actually want to go anywhere. So it stops it dead in its tracks. Uh, for people that have to supervise drivers, they're great coaching tools. You know, you don't want to use them as a club. You want to use them as a coaching tool. We're going to try to make you a better driver. If we see something, we're going to help you address it. We're going to make you better. And that results in you don't have the crashes. So, you know, next thing you know, your crash numbers drop because your drivers are doing a better job. They're more attentive. They're keeping the vehicle under control more. And the other thing is, if you are at fault, one of the things that uh, any safety investigator or attorney will tell you, I want to know right now that we're at fault because I don't want to spend six, eight weeks, three years building a case only to get into court and have it all blown out of the water when all the facts come out and it's like we did it you know so you're better off up front knowing that okay we're at fault on this one let's get it dealt with let's get it out of our hair so even in a case where you're not in the clear because of the video footage it still is incredibly helpful because everybody's going to figure out what happened anyways the video footage is just going to show everybody up front that yeah we did have the red light so let's deal with this from that aspect rather than find out two years from now that we had the red light yeah wise words tom hey where can people go to learn more about these changing uh these changing standards well, places like J.J. Keller, jjkeller.com, we always have news articles going out on this kind of stuff. And there's also, of course, you know, the agency website usually has this type of stuff listed on it. And, of course, my favorite is, you know, what the truck. They always have something <laughs> on the current and the upcoming events. Well, hey, Tom, thank you so much, little cowboy, for you for uh, mentioning what the truck. I appreciate that. Take care, sir. Have a good week. You too. All right. Did you know that AIT Worldwide Logistics has been recognized as a top performer by Cranes, Forbes, Inbound Logistics, Transport Topics, and yes, even Freight Waves? They're on the Freight Tech 100 list. Boost your job satisfaction, regain a sense of purpose, and open your career opportunities with one of the fastest-growing organizations in the industry. Visit the career section at AITWorldwide.com to learn more. And hey, apply today. Start off 2024 with a brand new gig with AIT. Elsewhere. UAW strikes getting bad over here. I don't know if you've ever been through a strike zone, but they can get very, very, very contentious as strike workers tend to block your pathway. If you're sent into one, be mindful you might end up in a situation like this. Fortunately, if you're over at Mack Trucks, you won't. They came into an agreement over the weekend. The Wire I've been listening to says that Ford is getting closer to an agreement too, but GM Stellantis still pretty far away with... Uh, conversations not moving anywhere and this can get bad man you remember these during like the the black lives uh matter protests and and riots that were going on there was a truck driver that ended up driving a situation with a bunch of people they strike things aren't the same situation but you're talking about a lot of people who are really angry who have no problem 
getting in your way. Be careful out there and don't run anyone over. You're probably going to end up being liable. All right, let's talk to a couple of other freight podcasters here. We got Andy Childs and Lalo Solorenzo. He's at the Simply Trade podcast, which I was listening to and I was getting um, horrific flashbacks to my time taking the Customs Broker <laughs> Museum and wheeling it down to the federal yeah. courthouse in Boston in a suitcase, that giant like Harry Potter spell book. How you guys doing today? Doing good. Hey guys, we're I mean, doing great. Lalo, good to see you, man. I haven't seen you in a while, but uh, Tim, man, this is uh, a privilege to have us on. I'm happy to have you guys on. Lalo, where are you coming in from, buddy? El Paso, Texas. Oh, beautiful little area. And how about yourself, Andy? I'm in the Memphis area, and, and uh, as we would say, it's the center of the universe here with all the distribution going on here. Now, for people who don't know, what is the Simply Trade podcast? Well, it's a podcast well, that Andy and that? I created. Yeah, yeah. It's a podcast that Andy and I created um, during the pandemic only because we were so used to getting together with people um, at conferences. And so we missed that. And so we said, let's get them all together in a podcast. And it was a it was a for fun gig. And all of a sudden it's turned out to be something bigger. And so now we have a bunch of people, a lot of our friends, like we say, shooting the ship on all things straight. So <laughs> Well, I love to hear it. I love to hear it. And it's the greatest way to network at scale. Andy, we almost had a much different conversation today. We almost had a conversation <laughs> about a shutdown. How bad would that have been for trade? How would we have been impacted? Because I heard a lot of people online when I would post about this and like we'd cover it on the show, they'd be like, who cares? Let them, let them go. Uh, let them furlough everybody. Yeah, well, here, here's the thing that it would have uh, congested the ports. It, it would have negatively impacted your supply chain on a lot of different fronts. But here's the thing that you got to look at is that we've only got a 45-day extension. Keep in mind that every time there's a sh shutdown that comes up here, it seems like the Republicans are the ones that are taking a stand to finally say we're, we can't keep spending. Keep in mind also on the Democratic side, they're in control control of the Senate and the White House, and yet they've had all this time. This didn't just happen. So they had all this time to really come to the table and say, let's see if we can't work together on a budget. Because that's what's, when you're talking about a, a shutdown, that's what we're talking about here is their spending going on. So the allocation of it, the U.S. has maxed out its credit card. And so that's where we're at. So as we're going through this, Here's the impact to your, especially on the trucking side. You're going in and picking up freight from an ocean port, from a rail port, from, you know, across borders and things of that, distribution centers and all that. And you think initially, oh, who cares? No big deal. Well, what happens is that those, that freight does not clear customs and the other governmental agencies timely. And therefore, things start backing up. Well, then things start going into warehouses or the containers are now, they can't move and now they're congested. Well, you're just there to pick up something that may be already cleared, but it's blocked in and they can't get to it. You're going to sit in line for good Lord, no, who knows how long. So that's where we start getting into the scenario there where the supply chain starts backing up. So if you're a, a service provider or something, get your stuff out of the, those ports even though we've got a 45-day extension, that's one of those things where it can really cause you uh, heartache on this uh, situation. 
Lalo, let me ask you something. You are down there by the by Mexico, right? You're you're down there by a border yeah. crossing. I used to deal in cross border trade. Actually, our first guest was a Canadian heavy haul guy who does a ton of cross border <laughs> here in the United States. What would have happened there in a shutdown? Well, I mean, what we see or what we have seen is obviously traffic is still coming in. CBP is essential. I mean. Our, our country's security relies on it. So it is essential. CBP will still, commerce will still, I mean, uh, commercial traffic will still come in. It is the partnering government agencies that that is a problem. Um, they do get furloughed. If they're not funded by user fees, they do get furloughed. So in the case of the FDA, for example, you have a bunch of produce or whatever coming over. Um, that needs to be screened Fortunately, that's funded by user fees. So they, the, most of them will stay open. Um, but what about the EPA? Uh, we have customers, for example, that have told us their pesticides are not going to get cleared if it's not already in the may proceed uh, list. So uh, what happens there is um, pesticides don't come in. Uh, we heard a story of uh, farmers not getting their pesticides. It's growing season or planting season. You can't back track uh, planting season. I mean, it comes when it comes, you know, and so um, that that would get distracted. I mean, I mean, disrupted. There's a bunch of little things um, that people don't realize or don't know. But these partnering government agencies um, are the one or participating government agencies, PGAs. uh, Those are the ones that are getting affected uh, only because CBP can clear it. But they need a secondary clearing by 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 the PGA. So so that that's what we were. That's what Andy was referring to. Maybe you do see stuff like that, and and uh, and it won't. It just won't clear. Andy, I was listening to your show this morning, your most recent episode, and on it, if I heard this correctly, you guys were saying that inspections at the border are getting skipped because of congestion anyway, or there's being less inspections. Did I hear that correctly? It's actually the other way around. Um, what's happening is that the border here in El Paso is getting, um, they're shutting down some of the ports of entries because they're shifting CBP personnel over to um, help uh, uh, um, Border Patrol to to help with the immigration crisis. And because of that, um, there's a lot more congestion. And what we were talking about is that in the state of Texas, we have further inspections um, for the Department of Transportation here in, uh, in the state of Texas to make sure that those trucks are sound for or, or built are still good for um, the road. You know, obviously, because of uh, reasons that they, they're, they're Mexican operators that are coming over and maybe they don't meet the standards of the U.S. or Texas anyway, uh, road system so that it's it's. Quite the opposite. It is getting backlogged because of that. So in my opinion, it would have been the perfect storm. I mean, the perfect storm, meaning a shutdown, the immigration status, um, um, a crisis, and who knows what else. I mean, there's a bunch of other factors. So, Andy, what sourcing trends should we look out for in 2024? Is Mexico going to continue to hold that lead? Is China going to continue to drop off? Well, I, yes, and I'll, I'll say this, is that folks are looking at it where China has been the easy source for so long. And what's happening now is that they are uh, looking at, um, uh, you know, moving to different countries to sources. Mexico, for example, has come into play 
where they have uh, surpassed, and they're the number one trading partner now on source for uh, uh, products, manufacturing, whatever. I think it'll continue on because China, again, is they're playing hardball on the international front, and they are not, uh, if you will, playing nice. And the U.S. seems to be in our trade deals. We're so worried about green trade that we're not l- really making a a uh, uh, a strong stance on the, the trade deals. As an example, the U.S. no longer in modern day history is the top exporter of grains in, in, around the world. Brazil has surpassed the U.S. because, they, again, they were so worried about green trade that Brazil has stepped up and made trade deals with other countries. So that's going to hurt the farmers. That's going to hurt the U.S. domestic, and it hurts U.S. exports. For every billion dollars of trade, that translates into 10,000 jobs. So you, when we start talking about trade here on you know, uh, trade surplus or trade deficits and things of that nature, that just means that if there's trade going on out there, we're losing jobs on U.S. exports at the sacrifice of U.S. imports for cheap imports at times. So people move away from Mexico or from uh, China and go to Mexico or other countries, I think is a strong uh, advocate for uh, not only good partnerships with other countries, but also, you know, creates better jobs in the U.S. because U.S. exports can then stand a chance to uh, get further out to and expand into other countries. Very, very cool. Well, Lalo, you guys run a very listenable, great supply chain show. Where do I send people to go and subscribe and become a listener? Uh, Well, obviously, any of the major uh, podcast networks or platforms will carry us. Just search for Simply Trade and they'll they'll find us there. Our landing page is gtc.trade slash pod. POD, you know, you can go there and find us and, you know, go to Spotify and, and uh, Apple or whoever from there. And sometimes even catch a video of our la- latest uh, episode. So that, hey. that, that's where you can find us. Guys, thank you so much for your time today. Take care and keep podcasting. Thank you. Thank you. Take thank busy. you. You guys have a good day. All right. Halloween is our next holiday, but that doesn't mean you haven't started your Christmas shopping early. I know I have for my boys and uh, I don't know, maybe we'll find one of these under the tree. Take a look at this self-transforming. Optimus Prime. You get sound on that? You got to hear the Transformer sound. Yeah. They had one of these on Mythbusters and it was close to a thousand bucks. I don't, I hope this one's not that expensive. Because uh, Santa Claus definitely won't be spending a thousand bucks on that. Let's talk to our next guest. It's recording artist, Frank Fletcher. This man tours over 200 days a year. He's got a new album coming out, a new track coming out, and he's here with us now. Frank, where are you coming in from? I'm actually at home in Enterprise, Alabama right now. Uh, we had a we had a little break in our tour schedule, so it's it's good to be home and trying to do the adulting thing. I'm doing laundry and bills and <laughs> you know, all, the, all the fun stuff that you get to take care of when you're not on the road. You know, being a, being a touring musician, 200 days on the road a year, that's not that different from being a truck driver. You're always loading and unloading gear. You're spending a lot of time at rest stops, a lot of time in motels, a lot of time sleeping in the back of a van. I've had a lot of people tell me, you know, if this doesn't work out for you, you could always be a trucker. Yeah. Uh, we, you know, we're, we're at a point now where we, we do, we travel in a 40-foot Prevost, but uh, this guy is usually the driver most of the time. So uh, I get a lot of practice. 
What's your uh, what's your survival story for the road? What, what's your what's your best tip for anyone driving long haul? Monster, <laughs> lots lots and lots of caffeine. <laughs> you need those, man. Freight brokers and truckers, man. They must buy like I would like to see the mat. Like I was looking at Monsters. GDP, and I think that they're worth more than like three of the major airlines combined. They're worth like $60 billion. It's insane how much money this company has able to draw together. How long have you been out there touring? How long have you been playing uh, in, um, in, well, the band is just called Frank, Frank Fletcher, right? It is. Um, we actually made that transition about five years ago when we really, really started pushing um, our originals, pushing the, the, the country music side of things and getting more into festivals and and uh, opening for national acts and things of that nature instead of just you know playing the the circuit of, of bar venues and things of that nature. Um, but I actually played in my very first venue, my very first bar at 14 years old. Um, but over the last I'd say six years is when we really started pushing it hard and, and touring nationwide and, and doing it as a full time career. You, uh, you guys been out there on the road with uh, anybody uh, we may have heard of? Yeah, uh, you got a little Oliver Anthony action out there. You ever go with my boys' old Crow Medicine show? Oh, dude, that would be awesome. Um, no, uh, we we play a lot of the big bike rallies. So we just did Sturges in, in you know Sturges, South Dakota. So um, we weren't on tour with like any set person, but we do get to open for a lot of, of national acts. Uh, like next next month, we'll be opening for Confederate Railroad. Um, you know, we, we got to meet the guys from Them Dirty Roses while we were in Sturges. We've opened for, like, Tyler Farr and the Cadillac 3 and Thompson Square. And, I mean, we we do a lot of stuff with National Acts. We just haven't – nowadays, you pretty much have to buy your way onto a tour. And, uh, you know, we're still doing everything the in, independent way, the old school way. So uh, so we're just taking ev- every big gig that we can get, and, and we're thankful for that. I know we've got uh, something coming up that I, I can't – say out loud but it's in the works for february it's another big contract um it'll be down in florida so wow we have a clip from a brand new track of yours but before we play it introduce this song cold dark and lonely to us what's it about it's our new single it's called cold dark and lonely um and just like the the title of, of the song it was one of those late nights it was probably 3 30 in the morning it was after a show the guys were already asleep i'm driving and it just, you know, kind of got in my feels. It was one of those where it was kind of homesick, thinking about the uh, the sacrifices and stuff you got to make to to live this lifestyle. And and this is where you were just saying that it's kind of a lot like being a trucker. I I can imagine, you know, having to be on the road as much as they are, just like we are. Um, so it's, it's just it's talking about road life. I mean, <clears throat> let's let's hear a little bit of the track, "Cold, Dark, and Lonely." Texas, where the stars don't even shine. I think about this life I lead and what I leave behind. Maybe I should turn around, missing her so bad. Ten days since I've been gone, ten days till I'll get back. And it's cold, dark, and lonely on this highway tonight. Just passed by Chasing down those neon lights Someday I just might find But it's 
for you for that track man so i i like it it sounded the production sounded great too if i understand correctly you did this over at omni sound studio in nashville i sure did <clears throat> yeah we work with a, a producer up in nashville named david norris he's got Norse song productions and uh anytime we get up there to, to write and record with them he always puts together a uh a list team uh the guys that, that he has come in the studio to help with the, all the extra tracks and stuff it's just you see their names and you see the list of who all they've played with. And it's just amazing that I even get to be in the same room with those guys. What's your process like that? When you, when you go in there with the producer to write a song, how does that go? Um, so my first EP that I released, it was called the country Chrome EP. It was when I really had made up my mind to start doing country music. Um, cause I was a rocker for years and played all the party, you know, party rock anthems and stuff like that. <laughs> Uh, but I am from South Alabama. I grew up in South Alabama. So I spent most of my life trying not to be country. And so it, it's, you know, it's it's more me to be country. It's just, you know, I don't have to fight it anymore. I get to say y'all and y'all to and, and all the stuff that I, I grew up here. In. Uh, but anyways, the first EP, I actually went to Nashville and I co-wrote with a bunch of different people. And and every single song on that album was like a different style of country. And I was trying to figure out where I landed. Um, so it was a little bit different than this track or this EP because this EP, me, my guitar player, and my drummer have pretty much written everything together and we've pulled in a couple of co-writes. Uh, one of my former bass players, a guy named Dennis Powell, actually helped co-write uh, Cold, Dark, and Lonely. Me and him were, were texting because I was on the road. So we, I would text him some lyrics, he would text me some lyrics, and we'd bounce back and forth um, as we wrote it that way. And then uh, the Nashville studios, Omni, Ocean Way, things like that, those guys, they'll get in there and it's amazing. It's magic. They'll look at this chart and uh, they'll look at the chart and then five minutes later, the song's done. It's crazy. Nice. We got company? I, I think I just got my new iPhone 15 delivered. Oh, sweet. Did you go with the Pro or just the regular? Uh, I just got the regular. Yeah, well, that's good. I heard the Pro has some uh, overheating issues anyway with the titanium, so I think that you're all set with that one. And I heard that the camera that they put on the regular model this year is is, is pretty good. It gets it done. The The only difference I heard was that the uh, Pro has an extra camera just to be able to zoom in more. Nice. Now, now so you got, you, you're, you're documenting your life on the road. You're out there. You got a favorite story from the road? We spend so much time on the road that I probably forget half of what actually happens on the road. Uh, it yeah. just becomes one massive, like a lot of times I don't even know what day of the week it is anymore until I look at the calendar to see what, either what city, state, or what interview podcast I have to do that day. So, um, I mean, we've had a lot of fun, crazy things happen, and then we've had a lot of other, you know, crazy stuff. I know they were talking about um, a camera system for for truckers, for wrecks and things like that. Um, our very first big bus we bought, I owned it for less than 24 hours. And we were going to our very first show and a lady ran a stop sign in front of us and, and actually totaled her car and totaled our, our bus. 
Oh, um, that's brutal. Still Those made it to the show. We were about 15 minutes late. There was a van. One of our buddies had a van following us. So we, uh, we pulled all the gear that we could manage out of the bus. And I think if I remember right, I'm sitting in the backseat of the van holding the bass drum in my lap on the way to the show. Smart move having a ghost truck. So Show Motion, this company over here, they pull all the big tours. They're pulling Taylor Swift, Metallica, all those ones. And uh, their owner, Mike, he always tells me they run ghost trucks behind these. So they always have one or two empty trails. Because, I mean, these convoys, this isn't just one bus. We're talking like Taylor Swift. We're talking about like 50 trucks. But they'll have yeah. like an extra ghost trailer behind in the event that happens. Because, you know, anything can happen out on the road. It's a... Uh... It's definitely a crazy life. I don't think a lot of people understand what goes into actually, you know, being a touring musician or, or trying to play that many shows a year. You know, they see you on stage. They see you, you know, having fun and, and playing music and, and interacting with the crowds. But the amount of, of work and effort and uh, logistics that go in behind it is uh, it's a full time job in itself. Now, when you look at, like, the viral success someone like Oliver Anthony had, like, what, what, do, you, what do you make of that? And uh, are you going to try and replicate it in your own way? I mean, I think that's everybody's uh, <laughs> dream. Dream, dream slash business model right now. I mean, with all the social media stuff, um, we're still kind of doing it the old school way. Uh, it, we're still all independent. Um, you know, we, we have signed with a couple of management companies, but I still do all of our own booking. Um, so you, I mean, you hope that something pops and goes viral and that at least bumps you up to the next level. Uh, you hope somebody sees you while you're on the road, but we've just been slowly growing our fan base and, and growing our name over the last, you know, like I said, four or five years, just, just hammering the roads, playing as many shows as we can, getting out in, as in front of as many people as possible. Um, I've got some buddies of mine that actually went viral, um, and had huge success off of one song, but what they said they realized with the viral thing is, um, it was kind of like a 15 seconds of fame. It was a flash in the pan. It wasn't really sustainable. So that one song popped for them. It hit, but then it, it fell right back down the ladder where we slowly been making small steps over the last few years and we just keep climbing and, and grinding a little bit by little bit yeah i mean it's just like the new version of like the one hit wonder you'd see on like vh1 maybe or mtv back in the day now pop it's up video <laughs> yeah pop-up video now it might be a viral <laughs> tiktok now before i let you go what's your i'm a kind of a guitar nerd so what's your guitar main what's your what what, what acts do you love i just uh being the front man i just do the quintessential front man thing i, I play a, a takamini uh, right now I have a G series, but I just celebrated a birthday and I asked for money from everybody in my family, <laughs> anybody that was going to give me anything. And uh, I'm wanting to upgrade to an EF, uh, EF series Takamini. Ooh, that'll be nice, Frank. Well, Frank, in the meantime, I, I believe this track comes out October 6th. People who want to listen to your back catalog, they want to uh, follow you so they can get this track as soon as it drops. Where do I send them to? Anything online is Frank Fletcher Music. Frank Fletcher Music, um, Cold, Dark, and Lonely comes out October 6th. Um, if you follow us online, there are some pre-save links. You can go ahead and click that link and pre-save Cold, Dark, and Lonely today. Um, that would be a huge help for us. We appreciate it greatly. Um, but we do have Spotify, Apple Music, Alexa, any of the streaming platforms. Um, you should just be able to tell Alexa or Siri or anybody to, to play Frank Fletcher, and, and our catalog should pop up.
Frank, thank you so much for your time today. Best of luck on the release, and uh, drive safe out there when you're going your 200-plus shows. Man, so let's go for you. Thank you for having us. Take care. All right, everybody. Now, when you're on one of those big tours, someone could run out of a stop sign, or you could try and get your Tupperware like this gentleman. This is why you got to keep your eyes on the road. Look at this guy over here. He's like, oh, I'm hungry. You know, smart. He had his seatbelt on, but he's like, oh, can't reach you with my seatbelt. Why don't I just take the seatbelt? It's going to take the second, but it takes away war because he falls out of his seat. His Tupperware falls on the ground. He's on his knees right now trying to save this truck, and it just flipped over with him inside of it, probably ruining his entire meal that he was trying to get. Fortunately, that gentleman did not die in that incident, but, you know, really shows you how quickly something can happen, especially when you're in a big-ass semi like that. Now let's talk to Britton Wesson, sales development manager over at Finn Park. Britton, what's up, dude? Nice Gibson shirt. All right, thanks, man. We just uh, got back from Nashville this weekend. Um, I'm not on the road like Frank is, <laughs> uh, but uh, we took my son out to a college visit at Middle Tennessee State. He's a guitar player, so he uh, was like, Dad, I got to take you to the Gibson Garage. So we went and um, had a great time. So, yeah, man, I'm just, you know, here I am. Uh, What goes down on the Gibson Garage? Good to see you. What goes down on the Gibson Garage? What's that? What goes down on the Gibson Garage? Oh, all kinds of cool things, Um, like playing really expensive acoustic guitars that that, uh, you you only dream about. (laughs) (laughs) Like, <laughs> especially somebody like me so yeah well i know that but, i told uh, you this was a yeah. musical episode that so i told you i said hey frank fletcher's coming he's gonna debut a song i not even heard your uh, pipes in a long time what are you gonna play for us today and, and do you have a guitar with you i do have a guitar with me um so uh i'm a big fan of old school country music so i was like when you said can you sing on the show i was like what i thought of was the old eddie rabbit tune um uh, Driving my life away. Sure. Let's hear yeah, some man. of it. So, all right, here we go. Let me get my, uh, let me get my guitar here. So, uh, you hear that all right there, Dooner? I hear it great. All right, here we go. Well, the midnight headlights find you on a rainy night. Steep grade, a bed, slow me down, making no time. You gotta keep it rolling. Windshield wipers slapping out of tempo, keeping perfect rhythm with the song on the radio. Gotta keep it rolling. Ooh, I'm driving my life away, looking for a better way for me. Ooh, I'm driving my life away, looking for a sunny day. Coming on to me, tried to talk me into a side so that I wouldn't be sorry. She was just a baby. Hey, waitress, pour me another cup of coffee. Calm me down, jack me up, shoot me out, flying down the highway. Looking for the morning. Ooh, I'm driving my life away. Looking for a better way. Sunny day for me. There we go. Look, Kel- 
about for you? I'll give you a little goat noise too. Wait, work goat. Awesome. Bill Hill, I need a new fetch goat. Your fetch goat is dying on me. There it is. There we go. He finally let it go. Hey, I love the track. Yeah. It was good stuff. But you don't just play music. You also want to give truck drivers a place to park, and you're doing it with Finn Park. Tell us what's new, Britain. Yes, man. So after a few years uh, at a at another trucking company, working and learning the sales process, learning the uh, transportation industry, I got a chance to come on board with Anthony Petit uh, with Finn Park. Anthony, you know, started Truck Park years uh, a few years ago, and uh, it was acquired, and now he's with this group called Finn Park, which is a, a uh, another arm of another company called Finn Lock, and. Uh, but yeah, man, our goal is to help truckers, our nation's drivers find safe and secure parking. Uh, we want to make sure that not only is their cargo safe, is that high, that, that high value load from Amazon is protected, but more importantly, we want our drivers, our nation's drivers to know they can lay their heads down in their sleeper cab and they can get a good night's rest. They don't have to worry about, um, uh, you know, the truck stop cuties or anybody wanting to take <laughs> stuff out of their cab or out of their trailer. Uh, that's our goal, man. We want to make sure that they are safe and secure. We've got over 250 parking lots already on our marketplace, and uh, we're talking to carriers right now. So, you know, if you're a carrier out there, you're a parking lot owner out there, even if you're just a mom-and-pop driver, owner-operator, my goal is to help make sure you can sleep well at night. And that's what we're doing with Anthony and the crew at uh, Finn Park. How are you doing that? How are you how are you getting parking lo- locations? How are you getting over two hundred locations? How do you sign these these uh, lo- lots <laughs> lots of phone calls, man? Uh, Google searches, phone calls, social media uh, places, you know. Um, um, and so uh, we just we want to make sure these lots have visibility on on the marketplace. And so it's just a lot of phone calls, man. Just a lot of Google search and truck parking near Omaha, Nebraska. And I'm gonna. I'm going to find that lot. I'm going to call that person and we're going to talk about it. And it's, it's, it's a great deal. We are, we're rocking and rolling right now and we want to keep doing that. Um, and so, yeah, it's, it's been really cool. It's been an eye opening experience. But I tell you this, this trip to Nashville, cause we rolled down I 40 out of little rock major trucking hub. saw all kinds of drivers on the side of the road on, on entrance ramps. And we want to help end that situation uh for our for our drivers that are watching right now and listening you know we want to help fix that problem for you that's our that's our goal my dad drove years ago was a driver years ago anthony has an uncle that they, that drove and so we've got a personal stake in this we know what it means to keep make sure that our, that our drivers are safe and secure while they're on the road um we're thinking about their families all that good stuff we want to make sure they deliver they get home and uh we want to help them do that safely Britain, whose responsibility should truck parking be? Is it like, is it the government? Is it the carrier? Is it the truck driver? Is it the private sector? I think it's a little bit of all that, uh, uh, man. Um, you know, as far as Washington, D.C. is concerned, I think if they, that I don't know, man. That might be all I want to say on that one. Um, but I think, uh, you know, uh, the carriers, uh when we talk driver safety, you know, and when carriers talk driver safety, um, I think they need to make sure they're talking about parking. Uh, I think it's, I think there's a lot on the big carriers to make sure their drivers are safe. I think that definitely falls on them for sure to help them cover that cost. I mean, these guys, these women and men who are driving, they got enough to deal with on the road. Um, 
And so let's make sure that when we talk about driver safety at our carriers, at major trucking companies, let's talk about parking. Let's make sure that happens. Um, drivers, uh, bring that up to the people at your company. Um, if you are an independent owner operator, then let's talk. I would love to help you with that. Um, I would love to see trucker parking as a part of our state and federal infrastructure plans. Uh, I think that's important. Uh, I think I think our government does have somewhat of a responsibility to help those men and women drive uh, safe, make sure they can park. Um, so I think it I think it kind of falls on all of us. Um, I take I take great pride in what I do with with Finn Park, um, and I'm it's excited to know that I have a part to play in that and that I'm helping out with that. So I think it's probably across the board, but uh, I think our carrier companies really need to buckle down and probably look at how do we keep our drivers safe. This is probably a little bit of everybody though. Britton, do we does your uh does Finpark tell you like what kind of amenities might be at a lot? Like if they have restaurants, if they have restrooms, if they have like Wi-Fi, anything like that? Yeah. So um we we if if a if a carrier goes or a driver goes onto our app and he they need to park, you know, outside, they need to park in Houston, then when they find that lot, they're gonna find what amenities are available at that parking lot on our app. They're also gonna find out what's around that place because uh, you know, we want to make sure if they need to visit a pharmacy while they're, while they're on the road, that they know, oh, within five, 10 miles of this parking lot, there's a pharmacy, be it a Walmart pharmacy, Walgreens, CVS, whatever it is. We want to make sure they have that. We want to make sure they can get something to eat. Um, uh, we'd love if, if the uh, parking lot has amenities such as driver's lounge, Wi-Fi, um, you know, showers, uh, uh, restrooms, we want to make sure that we list that on the app so that we it answers all their questions. So we want to provide as much, we try to provide as much information as possible when we're Britain. onboarding a new parking lot. Yeah. Britain, what if we took the drivers off the road and we put them on the water in a bunch of gondolas? Take a look at what DHL is doing. Delivering packages through the canals in Venice? Who needs roads when you have canals? What sounds like a joke is actually reality. You can picture a scene straight out of a romantic movie. Instead of traditional delivery vans or trucks, a gondola glides gracefully through the canals of Venice with DHL packages. The sight of this unconventional method of delivery adds an enchanting touch to this beautiful city of Venice. Well, I mean, we don't have canals here. We do have some inland waterways. No. But failing that, you could always get into, like, Finn Port. Yeah, you could, except you got to have a truck deliver that wood to build new gondolas. So <laughs> That's true. That's, that, that's going to come on a flatbed. So, you know, one way or another, you're going to have to deal with the driver. And so, but, uh, yeah, they can reach out to me. Um, uh, uh, my email is britton.wesson at finlock, F-I-N-L-O-C dot com. And uh, would have loved to love to uh, talk to anyone, drivers, carriers, about getting you guys on board. Britton, you're going to be at uh, F3. I mean, I see here in Chattanooga in uh, 36 short days. Man, I don't know. Uh, we got to get with Anthony Petit on that, and uh, um, we'll see what happens. But uh, as of right now, not looking. Not it's not looking like I'll be there. But uh, man, I want to I want to connect with you sometime. Would love to be out there sometime, and uh, we'll see what we can do. But yeah, that would yeah. be uh, if, uh, yeah. 
Well, if not, just Very come cool, by man. the studio in person. Britton, thank you so much for your time. If you are coming Good to see you, brother. Take care. Take it easy. All right, F3's coming up November 7th. Go to live.freightwaves.com. Click on F3 to get your tickets. Use promo code F3WTT to get the best deal on those tickets. It's just 36 days away. It's going to be freaking awesome. Hey, coming up on the show on Wednesday, Hylian's Thomas Healy. Their truck just got carb certified. It's a big deal for the company. We will find out what that all means, what that means for those laws out in California. Thank you for joining us on the show today in a non-shutdown government world. Find me on Twitter at Timothy Duner. That's D-O-O-N-E-R. Find the show at FW What the Truck. On Twitter, TikTok, everything else. Find the show on Freightways YouTube channel. Just look up What the Truck. Take care. Don't be strange.